at my feet and uh, literally at my feet and had said she was having chest pains right before she blacked out and uh, uh and you know, I sit, and they called nine one one, and and you know they're working on her, and they're trying to get her to come come around. And you know, I sit there three minutes before it dawned on me to pray. And I'm the preacher's wife, but I just got so caught up in you know Miss So and So, come on, come on, you know, wake up. And I got caught up into all they were doing to her, and I thought, you know, I ought to pray. Duh, hallelujah. You know, I was there for that very reason, amen. And so. Um, Glory to God. And it was a big opportunity to pray, and she's fine uh, uh, now, I understand. Okay, anyway, tonight we're going to pr- do what we did last week. So be ready. Start getting ready. Start getting your heart ready. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for folks tonight. We're going to be pray for folks to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Because we know that the disciples that got filled in Acts 2 got refilled in Acts 4 and refilled in Acts 13. And in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, be filled with the Spirit. Be continually filled with the Spirit. So I know there's some here tonight that weren't here last Sunday night and didn't get prayed for. And besides all that, we need to be more filled so we can be quicker. You know, we won't be, uh, you know, we'll be quick with the Holy Spirit, quick with the answer of God on our lips. Uh, Hallelujah. We're, we got to be ready is all I got. And so I'm going to talk tonight again about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit last week, but we're going to start uh, for a few weeks at least talking on Sunday night about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And tonight we're going to look at the Holy Spirit in the Old and New Testament. The Holy Spirit um, has a distinct personality separate from God the Father and God the Son we know we, have, we we know we serve a triune God. He's a, the Trinity, three parts: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and He's one. They're one. They're, all three parts are one. It's very similar to how he, he created you in His image, and you are spirit, soul, and body. You are three part being too, and God's a three part being: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all three of those parts have always been. Jesus did not come into existence. In the when uh, Mary bore him in the manger in Bethlehem, Jesus always was. He just got the name Jesus and took on a physical body in, in at that time. But he was the Word in the Old Testament. Amen. And the Holy Spirit has always been. Holy Spirit's not something that happened on the day of Pentecost. He didn't just show up. On Pentecost, he's been around, hadn't he? He's been around the whole time. And he has a different personality than God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, did you know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? He's very sensitive. He's, a, he's very sensitive. Hallelujah. He is more sensitive than God the Father and God the Son. It's, it's kind of like you have a, some more sensitive part too. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> each of the ver- divine functions, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, has a specific function, a specific part that they play. They don't do each other's jobs. They do their job. Amen. Uh, did you know, in, if you really think about it, there were three dispensations. There's three dispensations in the Bible. And in each of the three dispensations, one of the different persons of the Godhead is most prominent. For instance, in the Old Testament, God the Father is God. God, Jehovah God, He is the most prominent. He did not, I say, I had to correct myself on that because actually, he was, he was God the Father, but He did not reveal Himself to them as their Father because He was not their Father. 
he said, ye are of your father, the devil. And until Jesus went to the cross, died, buried, and resurrected, no Old Testament man could be uh, born again. And so they were not his sons. They were his servants in the Old Testament. We are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. And they, they saw what we are. They saw it prophetically. They looked over into the future and they saw it. And the Bible says they longed to be where we are and to live in the day that we live in. They wanted to be the sons of God. And now they are. But they weren't then. And so we are, we, we're special. We're very special. Hallelujah. And so in the Old Testament, it was Jehovah God. And in the Gospels, the prominent person of the Godhead was the Son of God. And in the epistles and the book of Acts, the prominent part of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. And in this church age, the, he's prominent. You know, and it's so funny that most Christians don't even know that there be such a thing as a Holy Spirit. Oh, they do a little bit like, you know, they believe that the Spirit of God dwells in us when we're born again. Well, some of them don't, maybe don't even know that much, but they have no idea of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so, but he's the prominent one. He's the prominent one in this church age, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to be unveiled in the book of Genesis. So we're going to look. And you know, he will be his full, his full and final manifestation is revealed in the book of Revelation. Uh, turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Glory to God. Thank you for the word, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We esteem your word. And we see that the Holy Spirit shows up early, early in the Old Testament. He shows up in verse 2. Hallelujah. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Um, th that word move means to brood, to brood, or to sit on, or to hatch. Amen. The Holy Spirit always incubates the Word of God. He preserves the Word of God. He protects it until the appointed time. And He always broods or incubates over the Word of God. And it's like Mark Brazil has always said, it's really the truth. You have to, to get a healing to manifest or to get your prayer answered, you have to have the Word and the Holy Spirit. You know, when you confess, you confess the word, but there's got to be a point in time when the Holy Spirit comes upon that word and quickens it and makes it alive, and and all of and and then you have your answer. You have conception. You have, uh, Amen. And uh, that's what that's what happened. We saw, know with Mary, the Holy Spirit came upon uh, the word that had been spoken to her. The God spoke the word to her through an angel. She, she got herself in agreement with the Word. The Holy Spirit came upon that Word, and you have conception. And that's what has to happen. That's so a lot of Christians going around talking the Word, but they never, get a, they never get themselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so they don't ever see much the, the fruit that they could see from the, uh, from the Word of God that they're speaking. Amen? Uh, <clears throat> Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Keep your finger in Genesis. We're going to be in Genesis a lot, but I just want you to see how uh, the Holy Spirit worked concerning the Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And all Scripture 
It's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the uh, Hallelujah, that's not my scripture. Is that this second? No, 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 no. Where is the scripture? And I thought I checked this and looked. No, 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 no. No, this is the scripture, but the one where it says uh, men of old were inspired and moved along by the presence of God. Anyway, that's I'll just tell you. But the Holy Spirit brooded, brooded over the men, just like he brooded over the face of the waters. He brooded over the men who wrote the Bible, and they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And the word bears that out. Um, and... Uh, and they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, and they wrote the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He brooded over that word in them, and they just uh, flowed with him in it. The Holy Spirit, so we'll just have to go on from there, but I'll find it another time. Hebrews 2.30? 2.3. Hebrews 2.3. Y'all want to read that to us, Kevin? New Living. Well, we, we can, we don't, we're not just straight King Jamesers. <laughs> You know, King James Bible here, yeah, used here. We can we can have another version. It says that. Um, well, he's got a mic on. He can just. It says that. Uh, um, it was passed on to us by those who heard him speak, and God verified the message by signs and wonders and various miracles given in gifts of the Holy Spirit, wherever He chose to do so. Okay. All right. So. Anyway, the Holy Spirit moved on the men of old. And uh, I think my, the King James actually says men of old. And they, he inspired them and they wrote the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the creative force uh, behind the spoken word of God. In Genesis 2-7, are y'all still in Genesis? I wanted you to stay there and keep your finger there. Genesis 2-7, um, <clears throat> it says that... Uh, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And so we have, we see the breath of life, the breath of life, the living, and, and what that really means is when it says that God, he, you know, he formed the man, he made his body, but he breathed into him the breath of life, he made him uh, he put life inside him. He, he, he became alive unto God. Adam was alive unto God. Adam was not born again like we are. Adam was alive unto God. And there is a difference. Adam uh, was alive unto God, but Adam, uh, every man has to have free choice whether to choose God or not. And Adam had to have that free choice also. And so Adam... It was not sealed by the Holy Spirit like we are. We cannot fall from God because we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so even when we sin, even when we miss the mark, even when we mess up, it does not penetrate our spirit because our spirit is sealed. And so we sin against our flesh, and we, we reap sometimes the wages of sin. We do reap the wages of sin unless we repent. And, uh, and, and uh, we may even get to heaven a lot quicker than we should have because we were in sin. You can, you can get to heaven quick if you live a life of sin. Did you know that? But your spirit, your, the Holy Spirit, you're, the, you're sealed. Your spirit's sealed. But Adam was not sealed. And that's why he could fall. 
And so Adam fell uh, when he sinned, when he made that choice, not when he made that choice and that choice against God, he fell. Now, but so when people say um, God restored us back to just like we were when, just like Adam was, that's not true. We have better than Adam. We are, we have better than Adam had in the Garden of Eden because we are sealed. Amen. Now, babies, now I don't want to get into this very far tonight because I, I, I want to teach this some other time. Babies are not, I used to think babies were born with a sin nature. They were born, but that God just kind of, because they were in that age of innocence, he just overlooked it. But that's not true. We find in the scriptures that babies are born alive unto God, just like Adam. But they have to come, they come, and, and so when a baby dies, the baby goes straight to heaven because they're alive unto God. And babies, that's why you can get a two-year-old to speak in tongues. You can get a two-year-old to, 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 a two-year-old will hear God and recognize things about God, and parents will just be amazed. But don't mistake that your child is born again because they're not. They're alive unto God. And there's a coming, there'll come a time in their life when they have to make that choice for God. They, and they cannot make that choice at three and four years old. Now, I used to think they could, but they cannot make it then because you, to make the choice for Christ, you have to need, know you need a Savior. And there's no way for them to conceptualize that and understand that uh, I'm a sinner <laughs> and I need a Savior. And so there comes a time. And so that's why, and I know I didn't mean to say this, but I'm in it now. That's why you see, see, we, we, we all had misunderstood that. And uh, we, when the charismatic movement got going and all our kids were babies and, and many of them were born after all these people got filled in the charismatic movement, well, we made a big mistake because we saw our three and four years old start speaking in tongues and we said they're born again. But you know they weren't, and that's why. That's why you can't hardly name a minister. I can count the ministers on this hand that I know whose kids didn't get into, um, I mean, the charismatic Board of Faith ministers, kids, all those ministers nearly have had hell on earth with their kids for a few years. And why is that? Because we thought they were born again. And we didn't handle the situation right. And so we didn't talk to them and teach them uh, that there was going to come a time when Jesus was going to knock on the door of their heart and that they needed to answer and that they needed to answer yes. And we misled them. We told them they were born again. And we misled them because we heard them speak in tongues. But they didn't speak in tongues because they was born again. They spoke in tongues because they were alive unto God. They heard the voice of Jesus. They, heard, they can hear it. Children can hear his voice better than adults. And children will say such profound and spiritual things and will go, wow, hallelujah. But they're, they're a little spirit. They're alive unto God. They're like Adam. They're, al they're alive unto him. Amen. And so they hear, they hear God's voice. They see angels. Children see angels. They see into the spirit realm easier than we do. Because they're alive, but there comes that day uh, when, 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 uh, when, and and you just you just have to be aware as a parent. And what, what the Lord showed me, we have to do is we need to teach them when they're babies in the nursery. The Bible says that we don't teach them doctrine. Oh God, why am I here? <laughs> we don't teach them doctrine until they're weaned from the breast. Well, now you know we may wean them at six months, but they didn't do that in the Bible times. They had to be—they're about three years old before they got weaned from the breast. And so, uh, <laughs> well, they were. I mean, they—that's just how they did it then. 
And so, uh, <laughs> Colin, shut up. He's laughing. Don't get me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's got me tickled now. Hey, how do y'all like my shoes that match? Y'all like these? This morning when Pastor said that everybody, all, every head bowed and every eye closed, I looked at my feet and I had one, two different shoes. <laughs> I was like, I was just I was about to have, I was just laughing so hard. And he was like, what are you smiling and grinning about? But I had looked down at my feet and I went, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Wanda said at least both of them were black. <laughs> it was, I just didn't let it bother me. We went out to eat with me in my unmatching shoes. I you know, went to Northport Diner and just, hallelujah. Anyway, where was I? But anyway, so we teach them, don't teach them doctrine until they're three years old. But here's what the Holy Spirit showed me is what you teach them before they're three is you teach them to love God. You teach them to love God. You teach them to love God. And teach them that God loves them. And you teach them to love God. And that's what you teach till they're three. And then you begin to teach them doctrine. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, though. I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and he became a living soul. He became alive unto God. And turn to Genesis 6, verse 3. We see the Holy Spirit again. And it says that, um, and the Lord said, you know, it's just a different spirit here tonight. You start talking about the Holy Spirit, and you just change. I don't know. Something's different. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, if you read on down, it says there were giants in the land, and then God saw that the wickedness of man was great, and, in, and he repented the Lord that he had made man, and the Lord said, I will destroy man. So he's already talking about the flood here. And in verse 8, he talks about Noah found grace and he decided to use Noah. Well, you know, we've taken this scripture and we've said, well, God said that your life spans 120 years, but that's really not what he was talking about there. What he was talking about is there's going to be 120 more years. I'm going to have grace. And then this, I'm fixing to flood this place and destroy it. I'm going to have grace for 120 more years. That's what he talked about. And that's exactly what Noah did is he built an ark for 120 years, they say. Hallelujah. And so God said, okay, 120 more years. So we, can't, we don't limit ourselves to a 70 or 80 or even 120. Hallelujah. But we, aren't, we don't even have to worry about that because Jesus will be back before that. So Genesis 21.1. I tell you, I'm just... Uh, the, I tell you, there's lots of little runways open here. Genesis 21, 1, the Holy Spirit. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Here's the Holy Spirit. God spoke the word, and the Holy Spirit now is brooding over this word. And it says the Lord visited her, and she conceived. How do we know that was the Holy Spirit? Well, we know it by going to Hebrews chapter 11. Just hold your finger in Genesis. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11... It says, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She received strength to conceive seed. Now, if you look up that word strength, it is the word dunamis. She received dunamis power or Holy Spirit power to conceive seed. So God spoke the word to Sarah and then the Holy Spirit, when she got in, that, the, got in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon her and that seed was conceived just like that. Amen. Um, <clears throat> 
The Lord showed me that scripture when I was believing for healing and he shows it to me and, and he showed me that that's what you have to do. Sometimes you've got to, you've got to, you got to let the, you got to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when you get in the presence of the Holy Spirit, things start happening. When you get where the Holy Spirit is, hallelujah, where the Holy Spirit's moving, when the Holy Spirit's present, uh, things will start happening. Um, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom in Genesis. Turn to Genesis chapter 41. Hallelujah. Now I've actually, so if I if I seem funny tonight, we'll just receive this because I've never taught on the Holy Spirit like this before. So uh, just be patient with me and just catch catch it. Catch it. It's not what taught what's taught, it's what's caught. So catch it. Hallelujah. Holy, uh, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Genesis Genesis uh, 41, 37. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? The Spirit of God is in this man. Joseph. He's talking about Joseph. Can we find one like him? Is this Joseph? Yeah. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in, thy, in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. So he's revealed here as the spirit of wisdom. He is the bestower of administrative ability. He's the bestower of governmental authority and legislative abilities. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's the one. We need the Holy Spirit in our government. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit in our legislatures. We need a Holy Spirit. And He's the one. They can't do anything without Him. And they're proving it. They can't do anything without Him. He is the one. He is the Spirit of wisdom. In... Um, um, in Exodus, uh, we'll look there and see the Holy Spirit is revealed in Exodus in the form of a cloud, in the form of fire, and in the form of wind. The Holy Spirit incubates and nurtures and protects the plan of God. In the, in the Old Testament, men were uh, the anointing endued men. It clothed men who were appointed by God. It gave them supernatural gifts and talents. Turn to Exodus chapter 13. And we're just looking in the Old Testament now at the Holy Spirit. That's what we're doing in case you want to know what is she doing up there. I'm looking in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Exodus 13, verse 20. It says, uh, And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night, from before the people. So we see the Holy Spirit manifesting himself as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of uh, uh, um, uh, fire by night. And, and with these, these pillars of clouds and pillars of fire, he gave them direction. He gave them light. He gave them protection. He gave them warmth. Hallelujah. And uh, it, he also ministered, Exodus 14, just turn a page over, 21, 14, 21, he manifested as the wind. And Roses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. The word there, wind, is uh, 
It is, uh, where is that? Wind, wind, wind. Ruach, R-U-W-A-C-H. It means breath. It means life. It means spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that parted the Red Sea. It was the breath. It was that same Holy Spirit, that same anointing, that breath of God that pushed that pushed those waters back. Um, and then look in Exodus sixteen ten. Hallelujah. Exodus 16, 10. The Holy Spirit is so precious. And I so much love the ministry of the Holy Spirit and have ever since we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Just I have I fell in love with the Holy Spirit. And I tell the Holy Spirit, I don't just say, God, I love you. But sometimes I just tell the Holy Spirit, I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you and I appreciate you and I welcome you into my life and I just open my heart to you. And you know, you need to say those kind of things to God. I open myself up to you and Lord, I just ask you, I just take every wall down. Hallelujah. You need to open your soul up. We were talking about that in the prayer room. You need to open your soul to the Holy Spirit. And let him in. There's lots of walls up. All of us have some walls to some degree where we don't just we just don't completely let go and let him come in. Let him do what he wants to do. You know, I was telling him in the prayer room that I closed my soul, uh, and you can I didn't mean to close it to God, but in 1976 when uh, my my parents started going through a divorce, I was pregnant with Colin, and they started going through a nasty divorce. Well, I just did not allow myself to feel anything. I don't know how I did it. I just by an act of my will did not allow myself to feel one thing. I never shed a tear. I never felt sad, happy, glad. I never felt anything because I didn't allow myself to. And when I started thinking about these things, the Holy Spirit showed me that, that I had closed my soul in that area and because I, I didn't want to feel anything. I guess I was afraid if I felt something, it might hurt. You know, and so I just didn't allow myself to feel anything. And so we have to open up our souls. No, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to be able to get in and nothing's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's not going to be able to flow out through you unless you open up your soul. And let the Holy Spirit come in. Let him wash it out. Let him wash the wound. And some of you will find, especially like me, when I, by the time I figured out that I had closed my soul, you know it was all healed on the inside already. And when I opened my soul, it wasn't painful. It didn't hurt. It was like this done. You know, I was already healed. It's kind of like wearing a Band-Aid even when you don't need one. You know, Carter likes to wear a Band-Aid just for the sake of wearing a Band-Aid. I mean, he just likes Band-Aids. They're just fun, you know, especially if you buy those that have something on them. You know, they're cute. And so he, and he just always has one on nearly, just nearly always. And sometimes there's nothing underneath. Hallelujah. And sometimes that's the way we are. We've thrown up a wall and God healed it already and there's nothing underneath, but we're still wearing that old Band-Aid. Hallelujah. So open your soul. Um, and where are we? And now uh, in Exodus 16.10, it says, uh, Hallelujah. It came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Hallelujah. So we see the Holy Spirit in manifestation as a cloud. And uh, actually in the Hebrew it says a thundercloud. It wasn't just a little white fluffy cloud. It was a thundercloud. Hallelujah. Um, look in Exodus 19.9. 
The Holy Spirit is very precious. And the Holy Spirit uh, is our comforter. And recently the Lord showed me He's not just there to comfort your hurting heart. He's there to comfort your physical body when your body's in pain. He's the comforter of your physical body. Because when you are in pain, you don't have comfort. Do you? You're not comfortable. And He's the comforter to make you comfortable, spirit, soul, and body. We don't mean like comfortable, like ain't doing nothing for God comfortable, but comfortable just, you know, having a pleasant experience in life. We're to be having a pleasant experience in life. We've been taught by religion that this is to be hard, old, foot sore, and trodden down, aren't we? In, in life. But no, it's to be a comfortable, pleasant experience. And you have the Holy Spirit to make it comfortable and to make it pleasant for you. Glory to God. If we'll just let him do his work. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Exodus 19.9 says, uh, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And we know we could read on down there, and they didn't want it. They didn't like it. But hallelujah, the Holy Spirit came. And we ought to welcome him no matter how he comes. Don't put God in a box. Don't put him in your box of how you were raised and how the church you were raised in did it. And this is what happened when the Holy Spirit moved. Don't put him in a box. Let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and let's let him move like he wants to move in our life. Hallelujah. And he may want to shake. You know, he may want to shake. He may want to laugh sometimes. He may want to do he want to, he may want to manifest himself in ways that you've never even thought of or heard of. He may want to put rain gold dust down on all of us. Hallelujah. I'm I'm for it. Uh, but we let we're gonna let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and let him manifest the best way. And we don't need to second guess ourselves either and say, well, I heard he's manifesting over in this church in Birmingham in this way. Why is he not manifesting that way here? And, and we, sometimes we try to second guess ourselves and say, we must not be doing something right. We need to do something different here. So we'll get that same manifestation that they got. But that's not true. Hallelujah. We need to let him manifest the way he wants to manifest in this church, in this city, and, and, and in this people. And, and, and he's at the right place at the right time if we'll let him. If if, he, if, if he's not at the right place at the right time, it's only because we've got a block up and we're saying, oh, no, don't shake me. Oh, no, I don't want to get up there and fall out. Have you ever have you ever been like that? I don't want to fall out. I need prayer, but I'm, I, I don't want to go up there because I might fall. Hallelujah. And you know what it looks like when, when I fall? It's a splatter. I mean, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, or or we, get, we, we put a limit on him and say, oh, don't manifest that way. Don't put me in a trance for three days. I got places to go and people to see. Hallelujah. The old timers let God be God and let him manifest the way he wanted to manifest. Hallelujah. And you know, I heard about a man and he was out in the spirit and it got to be about 10 o'clock at night. So they just laid the church keys on his chest and everybody left and they locked the door. And when he came to, he'd have a key to get out, you know. So we'll leave you a key if you let him manifest the way he wants to manifest in your life. We'll leave you a key. Hallelujah. If we need to go home <laughs> and he's not manifesting in our life the way he is in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need to get free of ourselves. 
Well, you know, uh, I, we need to be where if we wore two sho- shoes, two different shoes to church, it's like, so, you know, we're not, oh, you know, some people would be so embarrassed, so humiliated, they couldn't have gone out to eat. Well, that just proves we like to eat more than we're embarrassed because, I mean, it's like we ain't missing lunch because our shoes don't match. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter that much. Glory to God. <laughs> that That's the worst thing that I ever do to embarrass myself. Well, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Miss Jean said she noticed one was shiny and one wasn't when I was up here doing the offering. Exodus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Exodus 19, 18. Uh, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. So the Spirit of God manifested himself as fire and manifested himself as smoke. I think in these last days, well, I know in these last days because Acts tells us, the book of Acts says he's going to manifest these ways in the last days. Isn't that what he said? And I and on my, let's see. Verse 17 of Acts, you don't have to turn there too. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, and so forth. So we know the Holy Spirit's going to manifest in these last days with some blood and some fire and some vapor of smoke, and we're ready, aren't we? And if we're not ready, we're asking the Lord to get us ready. Hallelujah. Um, in Exodus 24, 17, just keep, keep going there. It says, uh, hallelujah, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. The fire of the Holy Spirit cannot be contained. That pillar of fire protected them and illuminated their path. And, and you know, and, and, when he, and then when he manifested as a consuming fire, it proclaimed God's sovereignty. It was a demonstration also of his wrath. And, you know, uh, uh, in the Old Testament, God displayed his wrath. Um, in the New Covenant, in the New Covenant, the fire of the Holy Spirit is from the inside of us to the outside. Instead of, it's not, it, it comes from the inside out. And the fire of the Holy Spirit consumes us, burns off the shaft, burns off the weights, the sins that could hinder God's plan for us. So let the Holy Spirit work inside of you. Um, Exodus 25, 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. He wanted in, uh, did you notice that? The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, he dwelt among them. But in 2 Corinthians 6.16, we see the difference between the, uh, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant man, and the New Covenant man. In 2 Corinthians 6.16, it says... And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So there's a difference. In the Old Testament, he dwelt among them, but in our time, he dwells in us. Hallelujah. And always, there's a world of difference. God has always wanted intimate fellowship with man. He wanted intimate fellowship in the the garden, but after man fell, he came and wanted to fellowship and he dwelt among them. 
Even though they were fallen, they were, he loves man so much that when they were kin to the devil, if you want to say it that way, he still came and wanted to fellowship with them. And then in the new covenant, he wants to fellowship with us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, it was the endure. He came on people externally. He clothed them or endued them with power uh, on the outside. He never inhabited them like he does us. And he never, he did not abide with them inside of them. Only the Holy Spirit was not there all the time for them. He came intermittently. He came and went. And uh, in the New Testament, Hebrews 13, 5, it says that he, that now a new covenant man, he will never leave us or forsake us. You always have the Holy Spirit with you. You don't, and you say, well, I feel like the Holy Spirit's left me. Well, it doesn't matter how you feel. You're just looking, you've got your little box that you've got the Holy Spirit in and you think that he's coming and going and you think, and you're waiting for an unction. You're, some, that's one of the reasons God's not moving some more in some people's life is because they're waiting for their little preconceived idea to happen. And you know, in the in Pentecostal churches, they don't speak in tongues much. Why? Because they're waiting until the service gets real revved up and they get to this crescendo and then they blah, 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 and they speak in tongues. But, but hallelujah, you always have him with you. You can call on him just like that. You can just call him up. Amen. Just call on him right that. Just in an instant. You don't have to have a feeling. You don't have to have a, a, a you don't have to have any kind of feeling. Hallelujah. And don't and don't wait for some kind of feeling uh, on you in church to respond to the Holy Spirit. But just act on faith. Just act. You know, here's what you do is you act like the Holy Spirit's moving on you. You know, we're sitting there, and boy, everybody's getting with it, and maybe two or three's run around the room, and maybe somebody's danced a little bit, and you go, you go, I would like to do that. I wish the Holy Spirit would come on me. That's Old Testament theology. No, you say, when that thought came, I'd like to do that, you just do it because he's in you, and you just act on it right then. You just say, I'm going to act like he's all over me because he is all over me. And then, and then you may get back to your seat and go, I didn't feel anything. Sometimes you actually, sometimes when you start and you take that step, the Holy Spirit gets in your feet. I've had him do that with me. I've had, I've been, when I didn't feel anything, but I just wanted to get in the flow because everybody else was flowing. And so I would get, start out and start doing my feet some way. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would get in them and I couldn't, it's kind of like getting a hold of a electricity and can't let go and my Holy Spirit would get in my feet and I'd do that and boy I was tired afterwards <laughs> and I told the Lord I said Lord 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 no you got you need to take this this pain away Lord because because you know that was the Holy Spirit you know hallelujah but then there's been a lot of times when I acted and I didn't feel anything but I'm telling you something when you act in faith on the Holy Spirit being inside of you whether you felt anything or not something inside of you changed something was imparted something was put in you I know a member of our church uh, we prayed last week and we laid hands and, and got people refilled with the Spirit. And it wasn't two days till this man, he had to take a strong stand for healing for his wife. He, I mean, and, but guess what? He had gotten, he had gotten what he needed at church that night to do what he needed to do. Amen.
And he knew it, and he said he did. I mean, he knew it. He was aware of it, that he got what he needed that night to do what he had to do later that week. Um, uh, in Exodus 28.3, hallelujah. It says, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, and that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So the Holy Spirit would come on them and anoint them and give them certain skills to perform certain tasks. Exodus 35, verse 30. 35, 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, and the, the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in the cutting of stones, to set them and in carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and... Uh, uh, both he and Aholiab, the son of Abishamel of the tribe of Dan. I want to get bogged down in that. But anyway, uh, uh, they were anointed to perform tasks. To Exodus 28:41. Turn back a page. In the Old Testament, he's the anointing. And let's look at the anointing for a minute. Exodus 28, 28 verse 41. I like talking about the Holy Spirit. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and shall anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And, thou, and, and then it goes on and says some other things there. Look at uh, chapter 40, verse 9. Exodus 40, verse 9. So he was the anointing. He manifested as the anointing. Exodus 40, verse 9 says... Um, um, and thou shalt take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is therein and shall hallow it and all the vessels thereof and it shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all his vessels and sanctify the altar and it shall be an altar most holy. And thou shalt anoint the laver and his foot and sanctify it. And thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. And thou shalt put upon Aaron the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons and clothe them with coats, and thou shalt anoint them as thou didst anoint their father, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office, for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. So he manifested himself as the anointing, and the anoint there means to consecrate. Did you know, though, we are anointed from the inside out, the, and our anointing does not leave us. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. Hallelujah. They had to do this over and over again. They had to perform this ritual that they uh, did on Aaron. They had to do it over and over and over again. And, uh, but we, we do not. In 1 John 2.27 says, <clears throat> Hallelujah, that Peter won't work. Um, <laughs> but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things in his truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. We have an abiding anointing on the inside of us that does not leave us. First John 2.20 But ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. That say, that's the very same word. It's the word chrisma. It means smearing. That, uh, it means special endowment. It means unction. And we have, we have that on the inside with of us. An abiding anointing on the inside of us. Uh, in Exodus 29.7 If you'll go there. We're just about through. 
Just about, just a little more. Just a couple of scriptures more. Exodus 29, 7 says, uh, thou shalt, Then thou shalt take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. And then drop down to verse 19. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Then thou shalt kill the ram and take of the, his blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons and upon the thumb of their right hand and upon the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And, uh, that, and then it goes on and says some more about that. They were anointed so they could know the mind of the Lord. They were anointed. He anointed. They anointed their ears so they could hear his voice. They anointed their thumbs to do the work. They anointed their feet in order to be led. We've been washed head to toe in the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we've been born of the Holy Spirit. We're anointed. We're set apart by God. Amen. There's quite a difference in us. But we should expect manifestations of the Holy Spirit all the time. And you say, well, how does he manifest? Well, most often he manifests according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But he's not, a limit. he's not limited to these manifestations. It says, uh, but verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Hallelujah. We have been given this man, these manifestations of the Holy Spirit to profit. That means to increase, to get better, to, to go forth, to, to everything that profit entails and means. Um, for to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, how much is that worth? To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, that special faith. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretations of tongues. But they all these work that one in the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. To every man. These are divided to every man. Not just to some few little preachers. These are divided to every man. And we can have these manifestations of the Spirit. Spirit, not even just limited to these manifestations, but we can have these all the time and should have them. We have relegated them to a, a, an occasional tongue and interpretation in church. But we have the Holy Spirit abiding and dwelling within us. And we need to stir Him up. And first of all, we need to get filled up again till we, until we overflow. We'll start having what they had in the book of Acts when we're as full as they were. Not when we live better, not when we, um, no, no, when we get as full as they were. They were, they were, they were God on the inside minded. They knew God was on, they knew he was on the inside of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to, I'm getting, I want to get fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller. Hallelujah. And we'll be continually getting filled. We'll be continually getting filled. And as we, the, the, the more we go into this day and into this hour, and uh, there's so much happening around us, we'll have to, we'll have to make a special point to stay com continually filled. Amen? Because there's lots of stuff going on around us, lots of stuff happening that we have to minister to, that we have to deal with, that we need the mind of the Lord for. And everything, uh, hallelujah, they said everything goes better with Coke. Is that what you used to say? Well, I'm telling you everything, and then I mean Coca-Cola, excuse me, <laughs> hallelujah. Coke used to mean something different it means now. But everything goes, that everything, uh, no, actually Coke gives me heartburn. So forget, <laughs> everything don't go better with Coke, hallelujah. Everything goes better with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. 
We got equipment that we need to use and we need to stir up. Let's stand up together. Let's do, let's do what we said we were going to do. And let's get filled again with the Holy Ghost. Amen.